BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We're calling this a few points from perfect. Sounds like the perfect name to me. I agree. The perfect podcast, almost. Well, uh, well, that'll be to be determined. We're just getting started. We have no clue what we're doing, but we're going to give it our best shot. That's right. You heard it here. <laughs> well, you heard it here first because you can't hear it anywhere else. So. I do like how we're both staring at the recording screen. Yeah, well, this is new. You know, <laughs> We're used to seeing blinky red flashy lights. That's true, yeah. And now we get to see sound waves. Yeah. And uh, my little sound, sound, sound perks are higher than yours. So. Yeah, you're, you're very competitive. I am very competitive. It don't matter what we're but doing. You know we're what? Good. I got the little thingy over here, and I can just turn your Yeah, don't be down. doing that. We'll have people <laughs> mad at us on our first go-around. <laughs> All right, so uh, – what are we doing here? Well, we decided we've had some interest in doing a podcast because people just want to know more of the ins and outs. It's hard to cover everything on a YouTube video. I agree. And whenever you make a YouTube video, it's usually kind of more about what you did that day or how you went about doing that job. And a lot of the stuff of how you got to where you're at or a lot of the ins and outs of the business, they kind of get lost. And people want more details about that. So this will be another avenue, avenue for them to be able to get there. So basically, this is how you answer all the comments on your YouTube video of how you did what you did and why you did what you did. Well, if you want to simplify it, fine, yes. (laughs) Why you didn't do what you didn't do? Oh, that's like six podcasts in over the course of, that's like six, six six-hour podcasts to answer all those questions. We'll get to that eventually. Let's let's baby step into this Uh, thing. Baby steps. I like baby steps. So uh, who the heck are you and who the heck am I? These are both great questions, and I'm still trying to figure that out myself. (laughs) That's why I ask you first. (laughs) All right, so first off, I guess I'll uh, give you a little bit of background on me if you guys don't know. Um, my na- real name is Mike Simon. Uh, I've born and raised in southern Indiana, pretty much been here my whole life. I started, uh, I did, well, I did venture out a little bit for college, but we'll get to that in a minute. But I have been self-employed in the excavating business for almost 20 years. Um, the road to how I got here is kind of direct but just like everybody else it's had a lot of turns and turns twist and turn to get here everybody in my family is self-employed jason okay and you know whenever you're like in fifth grade in school and everybody asks you what you want to be when you grow up yeah i knew i was the one kid that can answer by the time i was 25 i knew i wanted to be self-employed i there, i haven't wavered for that from one time i know what you just said <laughs> but you gotta you gotta understand how you said it what did I say? From the time I was 25. You know that question you got in fifth grade? Well, I knew by the time I was 25. <laughs> okay. So this is why there's two of us, because you get to go back and correct me. Maybe um, I should have paid more attention in the listening class. Uh, all I'm all saying right. is I like my role in this game. So, whenever I, from the fifth grade on, I knew what I wanted to do. 
And okay. I knew my goal as always was by the time I was 25, I wanted to be self-employed. Okay. Now, I didn't know what I wanted to do, what my business was, or what path I was going to go down, but I, my, that was my goal early on was to be self-employed. And like I said, it has a lot to do with my family. On my mom's side of the family, everybody's self-employed. They've all ran successful businesses for years. Um, my grandma and grandpa, my aunt and my uncle on that side. My dad's side of the family is quite a bit different. They were more blue-collar farmers. Uh, my dad grew up on a farm, worked at a coal mine his whole life. It was uh, My childhood was really interesting because on one side of the family was the suits and ties, and on the other side of the family was the bib overalls. <laughs> so I really got... They were coming together for, like, Thanksgiving? It, well, there was... It, it, that would have been some good YouTube videos yeah. at Christmas from time to time, let yes. me tell you. Dickies doesn't make a three-piece suit, do they? Well, well, a couple of rednecks can make one. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if Dickies will put their name on it, but we've seen some interesting stuff. So um, so anyways, from, from pretty much from that point on, I started working towards that. Um, we can talk about this in a different podcast, but I had some teachers throughout high school that really helped me um, get to where I'm at today. And I had some teachers that strongly discouraged me from getting to where I'm at today. Really? Uh, yeah. And that's, um, I'm very, very passionate about the trades. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, I graduated college 20 years ago. This is 2020. I graduated in 2000. And back whenever I was going to college, if you weren't striving for a four-year degree, you were, you were I'll, I'll just say it, you're basically considered an idiot or a loser. Mm-hmm. I had no interest in a four-year degree at all. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I want my doctor to go to get a four-year degree or how many ever years I go to school, my lawyer, all those good people. The guy that builds your house don't need a four-year degree. He needs experience. I agree with that, yeah. You know, that's what he needs is experience. So um, I did go to I did go to college and get a two-year degree. I went to Lincoln Tech. I got a two-year degree in applied science from college. Um, I actually went to work at a Mack truck dealership. Uh, I hired in as a night shift old change mechanic. I worked there for four days and was promoted from assi- promoted to assistant service manager. Wow. So I you went really from, didn't think highly of their managers. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I went from the lowest guy on the totem pole out of 70 people in the shop to the second in charge. Look at you go. Well, let uh, me tell you, I'm not sure. What, I didn't know what I was saying yes to. I'll say that much. <laughs> Uh, I worked there for about two years at the Mack Truck dealership, and uh, it was a, it was an awesome experience. And I will say this: I gained I gained a lot of management experience, a lot of business experience, a lot of uh, hands-on shop experience. the The amount of stuff I learned in two years at that dealership um, would have took me years and years of college. I mean, that, that you just learn stuff there that you don't learn in college. It's real, it's real world. It's real life experiences. Um, there was a whole bunch of circumstances, and this was also around 9-11. Uh, so after about two years, that kind of ran its course. And uh, before I went to college, I actually worked for a contractor in town, and I went back to work for that contractor. Uh, he did uh, mostly remodel work, uh, commercial and residential. So uh, I went back to him, and he knew, I was 22 years old at this time, he knew that I wanted to start my own business. I was very open and honest with him about that, but I wasn't quite ready to take the leap to do that yet. So uh, he made me promise him that I'd work for him for two years. And I said, that's fine. Uh, I worked for him for two years, no big deal. I ended up working for him for almost five years, I guess. Um, 
not quite five years. The, the, there was a couple transition years in there a little bit. But um, the I, I kind of worked into a place there. He did uh, got a contract with McDonald's, and believe it or not, I used to travel around and remodel McDonald's. That was my job for almost two years. Is that where your love for Pepsi came from? No, because McDonald's serves Coke. Oh, that's right, they do. Yeah, well, you, well, you, man, I am so disappointed in you right now. I but you want to frequently. You know, though. this is totally off base. This is totally random. You know how everybody always says McDonald's has the best Coke? Like their their recipe is different at McDonald's. Have you ever heard that? I've never heard that. You never heard that? I've never heard. Oh. I know McDonald's has larger straws. This is true, but everybody always talks about how McDonald's has the best Cokes. They must have special syrup because they got the best Cokes. Now I think that we're going way off in the weeds already. We are. <laughs> I think fountain soda tastes better. Oh, you have lost your mind, boy. You think canned is better? Canned's better than anything. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. What fountain, about glass bottle? Uh, glass, well, yeah, if you can, if you, uh, they're heavier, so they take more effort to get to your mouth. But <laughs> So anyway. <Okay. laughs> On that note. So th- this, is the, this is the way it goes. If you want to be truthful about it, glass is probably the f- best. Okay. Cans are really close second. Then you go to fountain, and then you go to god awful plastic. Oh, like, okay, like a two liter. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. that's that's the bottom of the barrel right there. So, anyways, <laughs> to answer the question that I asked myself, because you went off base over here, is uh, the reason why McDonald's cokes are so good is because they spend a tremendous amount of money on a water filtration system. So it don't matter where you're at in the country, the water is filtered the same to mix with the syrup, and that's why you need to get a priceless coke. Are you um? I know, I know more about McDonald's. I was say, are you putting our podcast in jeopardy before it even gets no, off the ground? No, but I know more about secrets? McDonald's. That this is a, this is like dirt, perfect dirt right here. Uh-huh. I know more about McDonald's and their processes of how they cook a cheeseburger than I ever cared to know. <laughs> Let me tell you. I can tell you that there is a cast iron Ronald McDonald in my family. Really? Yes. <laughs> as well as two thirds of a hamburger. Uh, I, I, well, we could get way off base on this. We're going <laughs> to go back. That'll be way down the road before we get there. So, anyways, the uh, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> so I, I worked for Bernie for a couple years. Uh, that was a contractor. And I, I kind of started catching a little bit of steam, and, and I kind of figured out what my business wanted to be. My, my passion was dirt work. I wanted to do dirt work. I didn't have two hundred grand to dump into equipment to go into the dirt work business. So I, I stumbled across this thing called ICF, which is Insulated Concrete Block Forms. And uh, I thought, man, I could start doing some foundation work. It'd be a little bit of excavating. I could still do some of the building. Maybe this is a way to kind of tiptoe into it without spending a whole bunch of money because my, my startup cost was pretty low. So kind of put some feelers out there, and I got one basement, and I got two basements, and then I got a whole ICF house. And next thing I know, we're kind of off and running. And it, it, it caught fire pretty quick. It caught fire way quicker than I thought it was going to. Um, over the course of about a year and a half or two years, I should note in there at this time I'm 25 and I'm four days away from being 26. All right? Okay. I officially quit burning and call myself self-employed. So I made my 25. Okay. I was wondering where you were yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, got, uh, I got married, quit my job, and went full-time on my own all in a week. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jenna's, uh, I'm still 15 or 
13 years later, I'm still not sure she's happy about that. But <laughs> so what we did, better or worse, we're going for a ride, baby. Hey, you know, till death do us part, right? <laughs> so uh, come sooner for some. So I started. I kind of started out on my own, and actually, Captain Kleeman, if you guys watch my YouTube channel, uh, he was in college at the time. Whenever he got home from college, he actually came to work for me full time. And uh, over the course of about a year and a half, I went from I don't know if this is going to work to. How am I going to do all this work I got? I mean, it just really took off, which was kind of crazy because it, we were in a little bit of a recession there, but I just kind of kept building somehow. And and this is around 2008. 2007, 2008, okay. right in there. Got it. So um, I, I couldn't afford to hire somebody um, with the skills to be like a bidder, estimator, you know, kind of run in front of me doing what I need to be done. Because whenever you're building, at this point, we were building entire houses. I went from putting foundations in to building custom homes. And those are very in-depth and very, in you know, very detailed bids. There's a lot of numbers going on. It takes some it takes some time. Uh, a custom home, when you're building a custom home for a customer, there's a lot of interaction that has to help with that customer. There's 300 decisions that has to be made. So essentially, you were the builder of the house, as well as the general contractor on the job. Well, yeah, and the interior designer and customer relations, and the you know it it got overwhelming real quick. And uh, one of the guys I used to work with at Bernie's, his brother, which I loosely knew, um, he had a he had a business degree from IU, and uh, he lived away from here, and him and his family was wanting to come back. He wasn't sure what he wanted to do, so he approached me about going in with partners on the construction business. And I, I hate, I despise sitting at my desk doing office work. It's just not my thing. I like to be on the ground, boots on the ground, getting muddy, tools in my hand, that stuff. This is very ironic. He's the exact opposite of me. Right. You know what I mean? He, he, he would go do that, but he'd just seem to be in the office, and he was a number nerd and everything else. Mm -hmm. So uh, he said, well, he, he agreed to kind of come on board with me. I couldn't afford to pay him. So we basically went partners in a business relationship, and, and that was a separate company. My actual main company that I originally started was called Simon's Concrete and Excavating. He wanted to buy into that. I said, no, I want to keep that. It's mine because I already had a bunch of equipment. I had a bunch of assets. I had stuff that was already mine. I said, if you want to build something together, we'll start do that. We'll start, we'll start over. I want, I, want to, I want what I have to stay what I got. And if we want to start over and, and start something from scratch, let's do it. Now, at this point, what equipment did you already have? At this point, whenever this this happened, is I had a U35 Kubota excavator. I had an old R-Model Mac. I had a 450 case dozer, a real small POS case dozer. Uh, I had a single axle dump truck, and I had just bought the 120. And I think that's a good story worth telling is when you bought the 120. <laughs> <laughs> get sidetracked on that. I think that's one that's worth getting sidetracked. So I was looking, uh, <clears throat> I was looking to buy um, th this story. Could this could be a podcast in itself? <laughs> well, let's give the cliff notes of it. I like. All right, story. so so I'll get. <laughs> we'll kind of go on here a little bit. This is actually the, my also my beginning of my despising my John Deere dealer that I just to this day cannot stand. So I kind of been shopping around. I decided I wanted a, a 120 size machine. And I kind of knew somewhat what I wanted as far as a quick attach and the thumb and, and stuff like that. And I, and I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend. I mean, I, I was I'm still just as broke as I was then, but I, I had less funds available to me. I guess would be the best way to put it. 
I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't willing to take a hundred thousand dollar leap of faith. I wanted something thirty, forty thousand dollars. So I knew, I knew that I was probably going to buy something rough, and with my mechanical skills, I'd have to find a way to make it work for a while until I could build up to the next one. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found one at the local John Deere dealer. It was a one twenty. Had a uh, no thumb, but I had a coupler on it, and it only had like five thousand hours on it. And I found one on eBay, and the guy, the dealer, wouldn't give me a price. I'm like, all right. So I started talking about the guy on eBay. He was out in Seattle, Washington. For you guys that don't know, we're located in Indiana. It was like 2,000 miles away. So I finally went down to the dealer, and uh, the salesman was just an absolute ASS. And uh, I finally asked him, I said, what do you want for that machine? Keep in mind, the one on eBay, they were asking $32,000 for. It had two buckets, hydraulic thumb. I mean, 6,000 hours, dealer mm-hmm. certified. Said he wanted... Uh, $64,000 for it. And, of course, I'm 26 years old at this time. I just straight up laughed at him. He laughed back at me. He goes, you're not going to buy a machine anyways. You're just wasting my time. I said, okay. I walked out to the parking lot, bought the machine on eBay in his parking lot. <laughs> it's the best decision I ever made because it ended up being a lot nicer machine than the one sitting on the lot down there. Mm-hmm. So then I bought this machine got about four weeks before it gets home i'm like all right i got uh, four weeks to tell jenna i bought a machine <laughs> jenna being my wife so a week went by and i'm like i got three weeks to tell jenna Amazing how another week changes. went by i'm like wow time is flying <laughs> imagine that another week went by i'm like all right it's getting close it's getting close another week went by and it's sitting in the driveway and jenna comes home one day she's like what's that i said i got a basement coming up I need to dig a basement, so I rented it. She goes, really? I said, well, it's kind of a one-time rent-to-own deal. But <laughs> Speaking of own, we already do. <laughs> she was uh, she was not a happy camper. I'm like, listen, I said, it's a it's a revenue-generating asset. It'll be fine, I'm sure. At that time, I had no idea it'd be fine. I mean, nowadays, a $30,000 purchase, I mean, it's still scary, and I still think about it, but it's not like life or death. You know what I mean? Right. That was a life or death purchase. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That was... I mean, it's a lot of money still, but it's... It is, but, it, but you know, I'm going to... I could absorb that if it went the wrong way now. I could not back then. I mean, that right. had to work. Hindsight being 2020 and fast forward to where we're at now, it's by far the best decision I ever made was buying that machine. Uh, but at that point, I had no idea which way it was going to go. So, uh, Josh and I, Josh was my business partner at the time. We started a company called Simon Harris Construction, and we specialized in ICF construction. That became our niche, and we had a good run at it. We went, uh, we basically went 10 years. We went from like 2009 or late 2008 to basically the end of 2018. Okay. And we probably built, I've never actually went back and counted but I'd say we built well over 100 houses. We, kept, we, we built a couple million dollar homes. Uh, we won some uh, international prizes for some of the houses we built. We got to be very well known throughout the ICF industry, uh, throughout the country. Um, we, we had a lot of success. I mean, we did a lot of good things. Uh, it, it became a very hectic lifestyle though because I was still trying to juggle, um, I was still trying to juggle running Simon's Concrete and Excavating somewhere in the background. Keep in mind, 90% of the excavating I did was for Simon Harris Construction. Uh, we had a bunch of employees. I think at one time we had seven seven or ten employees. We had three or four houses going at one time. 
Um, Josh was doing all the paperwork and the bidding, and I was doing all the running the jobs, but we were so busy I couldn't actually, I wasn't actually, you know, running equipment or, or using tools. I was just. You became the general contractor. I became the general contractor. I was running from job to job to job, you know, making sure mm -hmm. everything was done right, making sure everything showed up, making sure everybody had a job, making sure everybody was being efficient. Which you still would consider yourself a small business at that point. Oh, yeah, we were definitely a small business, uh, but we were, but we were, the, the, the issue right there is is it's so hard to scale that it's like you have to go from building five houses a year to 50 houses a year that in between land right is a difficult place to be because it's so hard to be efficient with your help and everybody because everything's in a different stage and you're, you're moving it, it's just um, we tried a couple different variances of that and we had success at it but it was a it was a struggle mm -hmm. it you know especially with two of us taking income out of the business and all the employees and all the overhead that come with that it um it was a struggle mm -hmm. i i don't I, I guess struggle i would use loosely i don't want to sound like it was a failure because it was a far cry from a failure but uh after 10 years it, it became apparent to both of us that we weren't where we wanted to be our goals that we set out for ourselves 10 years prior to that, when we started the business, we weren't there. Mm -hmm. um, Josh, my business partner, had some other opportunities to do some stuff in the community. Uh, he actually took over a church as a pastor. Uh, that was some of his background, and then he had a, a chance to check over as a director of the Habitat, uh, which, you know, that was um, kind of his niche. You know, that was his passion. He was able to go back to that. Um, fortunately, from the decision I made before, I never sold out Simon C&E, so I still owned all this equipment. Right. Um, I, I had a fully operating business to go into that was 100% mine. Nobody else had their hands into. Uh, so basically, at the um, going into the fourth quarter of uh, 2018, uh, Josh and I sat down and we finally decided it was time to pull the plug on that. Uh, it a couple different things fed into it. You know, it was getting tough to find good help and keep good help. Uh, lumber prices were going up, margins were getting smaller. Um, it was pretty clear at that point we weren't going to reach our goals. That we needed, you know, we needed to do something different. And and both of us were in agreement on that. Josh and I still have a good relationship today. We we're doing a job for him right now on the habitat. So uh, at that point, you know, my goal was to was to go back into the excavating business. I had no desire not to be self-employed anymore. I was just going to go a different direction because excavating was always my passion. I just never could find a way to make a good living at it. Uh, but, but at this point, I, I'd accumulated enough equipment. I got my name out there. We can do something. You know, we can do right. something now. So, uh, a fun random fact, I have never once ever advertised my excavating business. I think you've mentioned that before. And never I, I once. I think a lot of people would I, – I know you, so I can, I can understand that, and I can see how it happens. But I think a lot of people would almost struggle to believe that. Like how never. busy you stay – Whenever we had the construction business, we advertised that pretty regularly. I have never, ever advertised the excavating business. Never. Um, and, I mean, was there a little bit of fear that I'm going to stop building houses and all of a sudden going full-time excavating? I never missed a beat. I mean, I went from stop building houses to I am covered up excavating. I mean, it was just, it was crazy how fast that transition went. So, basically, at the, 2000, at the end of 2018, um, you know, Josh and I started implementing the, we're going to go our different ways. Most of 2019 was a transition year. So 
whenever Josh and I decided uh, the fourth quarter of 2018 that we're, we're quitting this, I, I had this grand idea. I'm like, well, I, well, this old business is going away. I'm going to have all kinds of free time. And I should add, you know, at this point, my kids are four and nine. They're getting older. They're starting getting into stuff. And it was pretty clear I was going to spend a lot of time away from them. So I needed to lose something. I had to get rid of something. Um, but I'm a guy that has to stay busy all the time. So I got, uh, for you guys that don't know, I got this uh, crazy neighbor called uh, Logger Wade. And we'll hopefully have him. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have him on here sometime. I, yeah. I've known Wade for a good time, and, and they're good. He's, he's a good guy. He's been doing a YouTube thing for a long time. I think uh, 10, 10 years? 10 or 11 years. Yeah. And, and he's been after me for a long time to start a YouTube channel. And, I, you know, with running two businesses and everything going on, I didn't have time. And I'm kind of glad I didn't start a YouTube channel back when I was doing the construction business because it would have been a totally different channel than what I got now. Right. I, I was not a happy, fun person back then. I, you know, the stress level was several notches higher. Um, it... Um, not to take not to take anything away from Jeff or Muddy Feet Concrete, but I see a lot of myself in him where he's mm -hmm. just going from job to job to job, just doing what needs to be done and never right. being able to sit still. I'm not saying his stress levels through the roof or saying anything bad about Jeff. Whenever I watch a Muddy Feet video, a lot of flashbacks come through my head. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So uh, Wade had also just shared with me that he signed a deal with History Channel and he was going to be on the show Axeman. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, you know what, if, if now's the time to quit, you know, Wade's got the TV deal, I'm giving up Simon Harris, I'm going back into excavating. If I'm going to do a YouTube channel, why not? Now's the time to do it. Right. There, there's no time like the present. Right. Let's do it. So, I, I, of course, I'm kind of a goal-oriented person. So, uh, November of 2018, right. I posted my first video. I told Jenna, my wife, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this YouTube thing with the excavating business and see how it goes. She straight up laughed at me. I mean, straight up laughed at me. Okay. I love that story. <laughs> I mean, so um, uh, she didn't give me the time of day. And I told her, I said, uh, whenever, whenever we, you start a YouTube channel, if you guys don't know, it takes a, what they call 1K, 4K, 1,000 subscribers. 4,000 watch hours to get monetized. Right. That's kind of the first big threshold of you've kind of made it on YouTube. So I told her, I said, I'm going to do this for a year. I said, if I don't have 1,000 subscribers, I'm not monetized, or I'm not enjoying it, after a year, I'm going to quit. But I, I feel like that I need to give myself a year to give it a try. And... Which is another point I need to bring up. I, so many people try stuff for three weeks and quit. You don't know whether you like something after three weeks and quit. you got to stick with it long enough to see the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs. If they even stick with it for three weeks, honestly. I mean, with, uh, you know, this is me getting off a little bit. Again, I'm good at that. You are. I am. But, uh, you know, with uh, with everything anymore, with the, you know, the electronic binkies that everybody has in their hand all the time, their attention spans are going down yep. so much. It's... I mean, it, going back to YouTube to bring it around full circle, if you make a video that's an hour and 15 minutes long, I mean, it's pretty easy to make a video an hour and 15 minutes long. It's a lot more challenging to make one 25 minutes to a half an hour. And I think that uh, you're, you're really grasping. You better make that video interesting if yep. you're going to have a long video. Yep. No one's, no one's going to get through it. Yep. So, you know, 
I thought, you know what? Like I said before, there's no time like the present. I'm going to try this thing. So the first, I don't know, probably 25 or 30 videos, I just filmed with my iPhone. That's all yep. I had. So November of 2018, I posted my first few videos. Uh, November going into December, I got some interest. You know, it, nothing crazy. I didn't even tell Wade I started a YouTube channel. I'm like, I'm just going to keep this on the down low. It's kind of weird when you start a YouTube channel. You don't want your local community to know. You want the world to know. I'm still at that point, actually. <laughs> you know I've I mean? been doing YouTube for two and a half, three years. <laughs> I still won't tell my close friends, family, or so, co-workers. Um, <laughs> anyways, about the first year in January, things kind of started clicking along a little bit. I'm like, all right, we're, we're getting somewhere. Skip forward to March, and I'm monetized. Mm -hmm. Skip forward to... I remember that. Yeah, skip forward to the end of the year, and I got 20,000 subscribers. I remember that, too. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be a crazy ride. I can then see where this is going. So, um, the I also should add in there, I mean, I don't think it's any big secret, but, you know, we get monetized on YouTube, and we do get paid. Yeah. My, Although the pay scale between people is world's different world's different and, and i know and i know this on. is a little bit unique to me and i don't mind sharing with this with you guys but believe it or not my very first check i ever received from youtube was over a thousand dollars and i'll note that my first check was 150 which is probably more common to be honest i would with think you. so yeah but the only reason i tell you guys that my first check was a thousand dollars is because from that point jenna went from that's that's funny to, uh, to uh, that's funny to uh, what's coming next month. <laughs> you yeah. know? So no, I want a car. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a hundred percent on board now. You right, know, right. She, we got a new pair of shoes involved. We are doing this that's thing. Right. But I have, I think, not to cut you off, but to, to interject a point that I've noticed from being on the outside of your, I'm going to call it success. Um, I know you're too humble to call it that, but yeah. I'm going to call it. The outside looking in at your YouTube success, you've still only ever really considered it a hobby. Yes, that's you don't uh, you don't make videos for the dollar. Nope. I um, I, yeah, that's a hundred percent true, and I, I have tried really hard. YouTube is kind of like a big magnet. Like once you start catching traction, yeah. it just keeps sucking you in harder and harder. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've I've pushed back and resisted that resisted that quite a bit. Um. I'm pretty steadfast on, uh, I've had a lot of sponsorship opportunities, but I've for every one I've taken, I've turned down 50. Yep. Um, some of them because they wanted to um, control me. I'll mm -hmm. say it like that. And I'm like, nope, it's for a hobby. I ain't doing it. Some of these companies are large companies, and they think I'm crazy, and I'm telling them no. I'm like, you're not telling me what to do. It's a hobby. It's what I do for fun. Yeah. I'm not playing your game. Yeah. It, it's just, I'm not doing it. Uh, I don't want it to, I do not, I do not want YouTube to be a job. I want it to be something I do uh, for fun. Uh, Walter Wade told me, whenever I started YouTube, that the best thing that'll ever come out of YouTube is the people you meet. I would agree with that. And that that could not be more truthful. Um, I have met some incredible people. Um, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. I mean, me and you wouldn't be sitting here together if it wasn't for YouTube. That's the absolute truth. And another thing Logger Wade said is YouTube is very good at um, aligning like-minded people. They, 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 know your, they know your interest because of your watch history, and they pair you with people like that. Right. So that's, uh, that's been a very good surprise. And then I'm, I'm not going to downplay that the, the opportunities and the doors that it's opened for me has been awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's also been good for the business. I've got some, I've got some business from YouTube. I guess you could loosely consider that advertising. Um, I don't think it's any different than somebody driving down the street and seeing a job you're on. 
I wouldn't consider it advertising. You're not. Well, I guess you are putting the content out there, but the the, the purpose of it's not to get jobs, though. Right. You know, the purpose of the content's more of a, I'd say, mostly entertaining, slightly educational. Here's what I'm up to today. Right. Watch if you want to. Don't if you, you know. Don't watch. Right. So you know, the bigger the YouTube monster gets in my life, the harder it is to keep it a hobby. Uh, but we can cover this in another video about how I go about filming, how I go about editing, how I go about uploading, how I go about scheduling. It, it allows me to do it on my own leisure and never yeah. force anything. And I think that's going to be a, that'll definitely be an entire episode in itself because you've, you've figured this out almost like a science. Yeah, it's, I, I've got it down to where I can, uh, I know what I can do. I know, I know what I can manage. Right. And that's 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 the bubble I live in. I don't get outside of it. Yeah. So time uh, management is important. That's it's key. I mean, it, and you got to have uh, the best laid plans. Always got to have room for adjustment. Okay. You know what I mean? It's so you got to have you got to have wiggle room in there to make it all work. I I see so many YouTubers that just um, they they feel like I gotta have a video today, and they just film the stupidest thing you ever seen in your life just to say they posted a video. Right. You would have been better off staying in bed. Yes. <laughs> you know? There's something to be said about what your time is worth, too. Um, you're, you're better off having uh, one good video that gets 10,000 views than you are having 10 videos that get 1,000 views. Oh, yeah, because it all it comes down to YouTube's algorithm, and it comes down yeah. to everything that they look at and why they look at what they look at. And so, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out YouTube's algorithm. You just got to chase the almighty dollar looking at it from their point of view. Right. So, it, so basically at this point, uh, 2019 was a transition year. We, we, we had some contracts in the Simon Harris world we had to wrap up. I was ramping up Simon c &E at the same time, which now is pretty much known as Dirt Perfect. And uh, 2020 was going to be, all right, it's, it's 2020. It's 100% it's Dirt Perfect. You know, Simon Harris stuff's all wrapped up in the background. Uh, we're gonna hit the ground running. We're, you know, we're gonna do this, and then um, the virus hits, and, and the world ends. The world ends. But you've been busy though. I, I cannot complain. Um, this has been the busiest and one of the best years I've ever had in business. It's by far, by far, been the most enjoyable year I've had in business. Um, in part, and I hope anybody don't take this anyway. I don't have any full-time employees. I've got some awesome, um, some awesome. You've got a lot of friends that hang out with you at work. <laughs> I do have a lot of friends that hang out with me at <laughs> that work. That may or may not get paid on occasion. <laughs> I've got some awesome guys that I can call as needed. You know, Aaron, man behind the scenes, he's a yep. full-time boilermaker. He's laid off most of the year, works for me. Uh, Matt, I call Mr. Millennial, NYA Millennials, his actual YouTube channel. Uh, he owns his own business as an independent sales rep. He's kind of trying to get that up and going. He, he fills in and works for me. Um, I got Jerry, the dozer operator. I got Captain Cleaner, which is a firefighter and laid off, which is nice because if I don't need them, yeah. they, they're not dependent on me to make their mortgage or their pay, or, right. their, or their food. Right. But they love working for me and get a little bit of extra money, and, and we all get along and have so much fun together. It never seems like work. Right, and I think that's portrayed well in your, in your videos on YouTube. And uh, so that's, that's been a big part of it. Um, I have I, I I don't mind admitting I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy YouTube about ninety percent of it. There's some things that 
there's some things that get under your crawl and end up being a little bit of a drag. But yeah, there's crevices and corners to it that you don't realize. Yeah. When you first. Start. But nine, but ninety percent of it, I enjoy. I, I love the people. I love interacting with them. Um, everybody on the job sites uh, has kind of got accustomed to filming and actually enjoys that. Everybody don't know. Nobody's not afraid to grab a camera and film a little piece. Right. May use it, may not. But you got it to use. Yeah. Just like today, I lost my camera. Matt finds it, and then he's walking behind me, filming me, looking for my camera. You know? <laughs> just, just stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's just fun, and, and and it's not like we're forcing it or making it up. It's it's what we do. It's it's real yeah. life. It is what it is. So, uh, but that brings us to 2020. That's that's current 2020. I mean, it's uh, even with the virus and everything going on, uh, YouTube is doing really well. Uh, the business is doing really well. The family is doing good um it's been a it's been a goofy year but it's been it's been a really 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 good year i'm i'm kind of excited to see where youtube goes i'm excited to see where the business goes i'm kind of finding my niche and finding my rhythm and everything again and uh life's good man i can't complain life's good it's good so all right i've rambled on for 35 minutes and 43 seconds about myself i gotta say the only thing that i've realized really taken from that is i should have went first because i'm <laughs> not that interesting <laughs> um yeah i guess i follow the same story path that you did um my name is jason works a lot i do enjoy my privacy so i gen generally don't put my my name up on the internet <laughs> i passed that but my that, uh, that bridge has been plastered on the side of a door for a while <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm still amazed you don't get that ship calls. is done sailed yeah it's gone yeah um so i go by jason works a lot and uh my wife uh, who's first name is ashton goes by wifey works a lot and uh when i first actually this is before i get into that the reasoning why i like my privacy is that um I had a bunch of random people somehow find out what my email address was when I first started YouTube. Really? Yeah, because they found out my wife's information somehow through Facebook and somehow used that information to find my email address, which I Interesting. just freaked out by. So I don't I don't give you out know, any information. Randomly, I haven't, uh, fortunately, knock on wood, I'm getting, I'm going to, I'm going to steer us off. That's, That's what fine. you did to me. I'm going to steer us right. off here, but... The way my compound is set up is my house is not located at my office. I'm kind of secluded on a pretty much uh, no right. man's land. And then where my, I call it my office, is also where our market's at. Right. That's what everybody, it's it's right out mainstream. So yeah, and you're able to hide. You, yeah. You're so, not finding your house without no, knowing No, so, you know, the... I have a lot of people that stop by the market looking for me. Right. Just the other day, my mom, which operates the market, she took a picture of somebody taking a picture in front of one of the trucks, you know. <laughs> right. But, but I haven't, I've had a few random phone calls. I've get a few random emails, but 90% of my fan interactions have been awesome, and I've not yeah. really ever been bombarded with a bunch of Yeah, stuff. I had an individual reach out to me looking for a job and got a little bit displeased when I said, uh, I don't hire people. Sorry. <laughs> And I, all of my businesses have been registered and operated out of my home address. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that's one advantage. I just wanted to clarify. That's yeah. one advantage I have over you, the way I'm set up. And I've, just, I've made the subconscious decision that, you know, it's no secret we're moving out this way. And when we move out this way, it'd be a little different, you know. But, um, so, it's 2020 and I was born in 91, so that makes me 29. God, you're a young pup. I am. I was born yeah. in 81. Yeah. I know. It's that makes me almost 40. What do you, you get me for my birthday? Uh, I don't know. 
I've gotten you a few <laughs> gifts before. I should have delivered a few this trip. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Maybe not. Just hand off the lead. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I led a pretty boring life. Um, I found a four-wheeler in the woods when I was in high school, and that was basically where my life started to get interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it turned out to be stolen, but didn't know that at the time. And uh, before that happened, or before we found out that it was stolen, my father and I and the kid up the street ripped that entire engine apart, rebuilt the damn thing. And really? That's where my uh, fascination with mechanics came from. And... You want to know my first mechanic in story? Yeah. I found a 1919 Briggs & Stratton washing machine engine. Oh, yeah? I had a hit and miss, or? No, it was a four-stroke. Okay. And it was kickstart. <laughs> and I had an eight, I had an 8 o'clock curfew, and I knew I couldn't get this thing done before 8 o'clock, so I snuck it into a shoebox in my closet. <laughs> so after I went to bed, after I went to bed, I'd go in there and work on it. Well, there was one flaw in my plan. I forgot to drain the gas out of it. I spilled it on the carpet. <laughs> Have to ask your mom about this. You right? ask mom about this. I she will. will tell you this story. She it. was not happy. I wonder why. But that thing ran like a sewing machine after I got done. <laughs> and I used that sewing machine to make a new carpet. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. She, mom loves telling that story. Yeah. Ask her about it. But uh, yeah, so we found that four wheeler and we got it running. It, I mean, the thing smoked like a bandit. It, it, uh, Every pool I've ever worked on smoked. Yeah, no, like a I, it was a it was a Suzuki. LT160, so it was like a little kid's machine, but it was four-stroke. But think smoke worse than a two-stroke. The really? valve seals were burned out of it. Yeah. So I mean, my my I remember my dad bought the Climber manual. Here's showing yeah. his age. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's a manual? It didn't go on Google. No. You know, we had the manual. We followed the manual to a T. Rebuilt the top end on this thing, and it ran great. And um, yeah, then apparently someone found out that I had it and it was fixed now, and they told the person who owned the thing, and then cops came, and they're like, that's not yours. And that's I'm like, so no, it's not. <laughs> it's like, I never said it was mine. I just found it. <laughs> You're uh, welcome for the tune-up, by the way. <laughs> oh, they actually paid us back for it. Really? Yeah, we gave them receipts. Well, that was awful nice. Yeah, it was. They paid us for it. But uh, so then I had I got bit by that, that itch, and, and uh, I begged, borrowed, and stole, and got as much money as I possibly could, and, and bought my first four-wheeler, and then I started racing them. And uh, all this was going on, I started. I was getting ready to go to high school, and where uh, where I grew up, which was southeastern Pennsylvania, uh, we had a regular high school, and then we had a technical high school. Man, I wish we had that where I was at. We had we had vocational classes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite like what you did. Yeah, see, we had a. It was a full dedicated school to the technical or to the trades. And my father actually went here when he was, you know, um, in high school and. When he went there, you had to spend a week at your home school mm -hmm. for academics, and then you would spend a week in the tech school and go back and forth. When I went, you spent – everything was in that school self-contained. We had academics and tech side rotation. You spent six days on your academics, and then you flipped six days into your shop class. And on your shop class side, you would have PE. So basically, I would go into school at – I forget when it started. I'm going to say 7 o'clock in the morning. I had 45 minutes of PE in the morning. And then the rest of the day, I was in shop class for really? six days. Yeah. And um, I went through, when you went in ninth grade, you had to spend half of the year going through every single shop. So I went through marketing. I went through engineering, civil engineering. I went through computer sciences. I went through cosmetology. And I did. <laughs> I learned how to braid hair. And I learned how to give a manicure. And uh, I haven't done it since. <laughs> 
That's but, what my, um, my mom growing up was a beautician, so I got I got experimented on yeah. a few times. I kind of feel your pain there. Yeah. So I went through all of them, and then I went through the automotive classes, and I went through the diesel technology class, and then I went through, it was called outdoor power equipment, yep. which was small engines, marine technology, and motorcycle repair. Well, if you ever need any help with those washing machine mowers, yeah. I got your back. I got some, I got a lot of certifications. That, Just drain the gas while you take them yeah, to the house. Yeah, I will. <laughs> so, uh, so I went through that class, and... Um, you know, I knew that I was going to do something with my hands. Uh, truth be told, I wanted to be a police officer, but I just could fix stuff. So I ended up, that was easy. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, this is going to be really hard, and I'm fat and out of shape. I don't think I can do this. Decision made. Yeah. And it's, I can do this, it comes natural. So, um, so you had to actually go on a mock interview with these shop teachers. Yep. And you had to apply to be in their class. And uh, naturally, I picked the class with like the drill sergeant teacher who was impossible and he's very strict and it was the best decision I ever made in my life and I still talk to him to this day uh, I credit a lot of my success to him but so I went through this and uh, to give you an idea of how this how strict this class was I got into it in ninth grade there was 21 of us 21 students that got accepted into it when I graduated there was three of us you know whenever I not to take it off base here but I went to Lincoln Technical College okay in Indianapolis we started off with uh, 600 people in our class and we went 18 months straight mm -hmm. it was actually 24 months straight but the last uh, uh, no what was it yeah it was 24 months went to one, the last two and a half months were basically an internship we graduated 23 yep it's amazing how that works I was yeah. top of my class but I mean they didn't really have a whole lot of competition yeah. the rest of them weren't there <laughs> so um so, yeah, I got into this uh, outdoor power equipment knowing that all I wanted to do was motorcycle repair because I just wanted to know how to make my quad faster than everybody else's quad. <laughs> it's truly the, the whole reasoning behind this decision. And uh, coincidentally, my teacher, uh, his, his name is Jeff Cesare. You could actually look him up, Cesare Motorsports. But um, he built and raced drag motorcycles. And really? the man was a very impressive person. He would never admit to it. He held many patents in the United States. He held a few in Japan. He had a patent on a slipper clutch that he sold to Kawasaki. Hmm. Um, and I got to work side by side with this guy for four years, you know, six days in a row uh, for the school year. And I would go during the summer. He taught summer classes to the adults, and the high school was right up the street from where I grew up. So I would go up there. I used to ride my quad up through the woods and then park in the back there, and you know. And it was good. But uh, so I went through that class and I ended up graduating first in the class there. Learned a lot about motorcycles. My senior graduation project was putting a uh, Suzuki 400cc twin motor in a golf cart. It did wheelies for a while. I got a golf cart. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple <laughs> motors. I see so, a marriage coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did all that. And uh, another thing that my teacher was really good for was he wouldn't let you waste potential. So when I went to high school, I went to high school, and then I left high school and went to work. I've had a job since I was 14 years old and don't really ever plan to change that. So I never did any extracurricular activities, never cared to. Well, I'm not sure if you've heard of Skills USA. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, that was Vicka? It was, yeah. 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 Oh, don't get me started on Vicka. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's a, oh, boy. Bad subject? Bad subject. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. I'm going to get you started. Cause that You're going to really, get me round up. That's a good subject for me. That's how, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell my life story still. <laughs> it wasn't Vicka anymore. It was Skills USA now. 
So my teacher signed me up, unbeknownst to me, to Skills USA uh, to compete in the field of motorcycle mechanics. And uh, Skills USA. Com- I competed in plumbing. You dummy. <laughs> Brandon. No, I was smart. Because you know what I did? Is I looked down through the list. Oh, there's only four people interested in plumbing. Bingo. Oh, I got less competition. What I didn't know was, is one of the other three guys, his dad was the president of the local chapter. He was winning no matter what I did. And he oh. did. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, well, my one of my best friends, Brandon, Brandon behind the scene, now he's been called. Uh, <laughs> thanks for starting that. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he was in my class as well. We've known each other since high school. And uh, he got signed up by the same misfortune that I did. My teacher said, you guys will do good. <laughs> and uh, he got signed up for marine technology, which he really should have went for small engines because he would have done a lot better. Better, yeah. But, uh, so the way it works is that I went to Bucks County Technical High School, which happened to be the only technical high school in the county. So naturally, I won the district-level yep. competition by default. And uh, he didn't tell us this. He still hasn't told us that we're even competing. So the next level is state, mm-hmm. state competition. So it would have been Hershey, Pennsylvania. And uh, There's no, not a town named Hershey. Yeah, we, we'll get into that. There's not a town named Hershey. Well, I traveled there. I got off the Hershey exit of the Pennsylvania it's Turnpike. Derby Township. Yeah, well, listen. This is my I'm story. just telling you. This is my story. I'm telling you. I have a the microphone. Town. That's a fake town. <laughs> well, I went to that fake town. Fake town. Fake so, news. two days before I had to go to this competition in the fake town. Um, Derby Township. Derby Township, Pennsylvania. My teacher tells me, oh, by the way. I signed you up for Skills USA, and you're going to be competing in the field of motorcycle repair. And I said, come again? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, when is it? And he said, it's on Monday. And I said, like next month Monday? He said, no, like this is Friday. You've got two days to prepare. I said, what the hell? I'm in the middle of trying to get this stupid engine into a golf cart that's never going to fit. And I'm like terrified I'm going to fail because I'm running out of time in the school year, you know. And he drops this on me. And I'm like, are you kidding? So he's like, you'll be fine. It's dirt bikes, a couple quads, and Harley Davidson. Same thing my teacher said. It's just a couple drain lines and a copper line. You'll be fine. I was like, I hate Harleys. (laughs) Like, what the hell? He's like, you'll be all right. Whatever. So I show up on Monday and get on the bus with all the other people who are all excited to be doing this, and I'm pissed off. (laughs) I'm like, I can't believe I'm wasting my time. This is so stupid. And uh, I won. <laughs> I won gold medal. Well, I didn't win. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't all be winners. <laughs> but, uh, I lost to a guy that ran his drain line uphill and tried to solder his plastic pipe. <laughs> I'm telling you now. It's that bad. I'm sorry. Well, we were, you know how they, they announced the top five up yeah. there on stage? Uh-huh. You know, they announced number five. I'm like, all right. I thought there was only four guys. <laughs> Well, there was six. <laughs> yeah. And that's number five. I'm like, all right, I've probably got fourth. You know, and that's yeah. fourth. I'm like, oh, I may have got third. And that's third. And you're like, oh, second's not bad. So you now second. So then it's me and the guy next to me that ran his drain line up. He's like, yeah, I got this thing in the bag. I won this. <laughs> and I call us, and I'm like, you what? It's red. You're kidding me. The whole way home, of course, you know me. I get fired oh, yeah. up. So uh, Mr. Rice was the teacher. The whole way home, I'm up there. I'm fired up. He's like, you have got to calm down. I'm like, did you see his work? <laughs> I mean, I am fired up. The high, so, the high school dirt person. So, yeah, I mean, I am fit to be tied because I yeah. knew I just got rooked. I don't know if rooked's the word, but I'm making it up. So then I go to college. Uh-huh. 
and the college is hosting the auto mechanic side. <laughs> and they asked me if I want to help, you know, like do the thing. Yeah. And I'm, at this point, I'm still like butthurt over it. Uh, I would be too. You know, point. I'm like, I am, because I won a four, I got second place. Yeah. I won a $50 a hacksaw. The guy that got first and tried to solder his plastic pipe and ran his drain line up, yeah. you know, he got a $5,000 scholarship. Like, the, the spread between second and first is like Trump Tire versus, you know, the dumpster. I am, I am, you oh. Might, you might want to plug your ears for the rest of my story so, then. <laughs> so, I'm fit to be tied. So, anyways, I'm helping with this competition at the college. Uh-huh. This little guy, well, I'm like, what, what, where'd you come from? Come to find out his dad's the president of the local chat. I'm like, oh, this isn't going well, well, I was <laughs> last thing I'm going to help. All right. Anyway. You didn't go to law school. <laughs> I'm done. So, um, yeah, so I went, I guess, where was I? I done forgot. Yeah. I went you were this, competing and you won. Yeah, I won. Because so I didn't uh, win and I got sidetracked. You were upset. Yeah, that's yes. right. So I'm it was, still upset. Uh, that was like 19 years. No, it was 22 years ago. Oh, man. That I'm over it. I'm done. I'm not bringing it up. So. It's like I'm glad they changed some rules. They had all the they had all the issues ironed out by the time you got there. Where's this damn knob? Give me me like the presidential debate. <laughs> we can't dip into that part of the podcast. Um. So yeah. So it was like rebuilding the front end on a Harley. Uh, rebuilding. If it wasn't for me, you never would have won because I got all the rules ironed out. Right. See, I was laying the groundwork waiting That's, for you, and I appreciate you. You're welcome. I uh, thank you. So it was, yeah, it was going through that front end on a Harley, troubleshoot a wiring harness on a four wheeler. Uh, I think it was a couple clutch packs or something like that. It was stupid. And uh, it's stupid for us because it comes natural, but for a lot of people, that is like. I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, I don't mind to admit college was a waste of time for me. Mm-hmm. I taught them stuff, and I'm not being. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> that may have come out a little wrong. No, I think, I think that came out perfect. <laughs> that, that's not how I meant to say that. <laughs> well, too late. But what, what did you teach them, Professor Mike? <laughs> well, one, how to run a true competition. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yes, because yes, if it wasn't for me, guys like you would never uh-huh. won, you know, the ones that are the real winners. Well, yeah. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't mean it quite like that, but I... I had worked in a mechanic shop. I'd worked at a tire shop. My mm-hmm. aunt and uncle in the bowling alley. I had, you know, I'd been tinkering with engines and building stuff for a long time. So you had real world experience. I had real world experience. My family had been in business, so all the business stuff was pretty elementary to me at that time. It, uh, it's not that, that all, everything they were teaching needed to be taught. I had just kind of learned most of it mm-hmm. elsewhere. And I was asking questions, and I was one in the advanced class. I was always pushing the instructors of this, this, and this, you know. And, right. And, um going down different roads so um I, I always tell everybody i was in college for two years i learned more in the first two weeks of the dealership than i did because that was real world and it was brand new off assembly line stuff you know mm-hmm. what i mean and and it's real life customers it's real life shoppers real life employees it's real life problems right it's not With variables too it's not like a written on paper here's a paragraph this right. is the problem no things change as you get through yeah so that that was that's what I was technically trying to mean by that mm-hmm. comment. I don't want it to be taken the wrong way, but <laughs> too late. We already did. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, it was the same, similar thing. I competed against like eighteen people, and 
you know, I'm, I'm standing there and my teacher, yeah, he went, he, um, my teacher was there and, and Brandon was there. And I think my parent, my parents came to that. No, my parents couldn't make that one. So we're, we're I'm standing there and they're announcing all these winners and I'm like, hey, whatever. I, this was stupid and waste of time. Can I go back? I gotta finish my stupid golf course. <laughs> like, Just want to get the motor yeah, in. Yeah, like, this is my mentality. I need to pass high school so I can figure out what the heck I'm going to do with my life. I want to be a police officer. The mechanic is kind of easy. I really want to race right. my quad. Let me finish my stupid golf cart. Let's like this is a waste of my time. So they started. Now they announced third place. You know, it wasn't me. And I'm like, all right. Well, clearly I didn't win anything. The second place. I'm like, can I just leave now? First place. You know, they need, they call Jason works a lot, and I'm like, what? There's two. There's two of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell? You know, my teacher's like, you idiot. Go. That's you. So I'm like, what do I win? I'm like, I'm arguing with him as he's like pushing me up the side, like to walk on the stage and get my stupid medal, which I have on display. <laughs> um, I and uh, I think I threw my hacksaw in the scrap pile out of spite. Yeah, well, I, as a first place winner in the state level, I won uh, the four thousand dollars in snap on. No, look at me. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I, I started accumulating scholarships at that point to different tech schools, and uh, that gave me a spot to compete nationally. <laughs> so uh, should I stop my story? I can stop. Oh, I'm I'm keeping my steam inside oh, of okay. it. You're bringing you're bringing up old wounds. <laughs> I didn't do this on purpose. I promise. This is just my life. <laughs> so uh, the the national competition was in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. I do believe that's a real area. It is. Okay, it's not fake anymore. So they have this national con, uh, whatever you call it, conference at the convention center and i was supposed a, to be there but never made it yeah, yeah i know where you're at well you should have went i tried you could have came for me supported me but that's cool but uh so this was, I was actually... already in business by the time you were competing <laughs> <laughs> so um this was uh this was in the summer this mm-hmm. was like the second week of summer i'm working like at a, a dead-end job making minimum wage and i'm telling my teacher that i don't know if i can take off work for this <laughs> It's like, listen, you ass, you're going to go. You're going to take off work, and you're going to go to this competition. And I'm like, yeah, I'll see what my boss says. Like, I don't know. And I actually went out to my boss, and I told him about it and what it was and everything. He's like, yeah, you're going to go. Like, And I'm like, why do you guys all want me to do this? Like, I need to make a paycheck. I got to I gotta put fuel in the blood. I got to race this weekend. Like, what the hell, you know? I need parts for my go-kart. Yeah, I finished the golf cart and I actually passed on that. And, it did wheelies and stuff, and then the school kicked it out because apparently it wasn't safe. <laughs> Which, I'll get into some steam on that, too. But, um, so, long story short, I did go. My parents flew out. My teacher couldn't make it. Which I'm like, really? You're going to force me to go? But he's like, listen, my daughter's getting married. I have to. I'm like, listen, you're for, I'm missing my minimum wage job right now. <laughs> Yeah, one daughter or two. You yeah, exactly. You, you know what Zoom is? Eventually, they're going to come out. With... Yeah. So uh, we, my parents flew out, and the, the the school actually flew me out, and I had to go to a a board meeting to get this approved for the school to pay for my plane ticket. And I'm sitting there the whole time, like I think this is kind of stupid. I got my Snap on tools, like I'm good. I don't yeah. Know. I got work this weekend, like you know. So they gave they bought the plane ticket and flew me out. And uh, I competed with, it was a national competition, but somehow there was more than 50 people. Yeah, because some state, some uh, some states had um, uh, regions or districts. In. Okay, because I think there was, 
Don't quote me, but I want to say 118 competitors. Yeah, that sounds right. Like I was going to say it's over 100. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, the biggest thing that threw me for a loop is that they kind of took us around and showed us a little bit about what we were going to be doing so we could prepare. And the Harley-Davidson part about this, which most people don't actually know this, a lot of Harley-Davidson manuals are written in metric. So I had to read a metric micrometer. And up until this point, I'd never read a metric micrometer. And uh, I remember I tried calling my teacher that night, and he didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm effed here, you know. <laughs> so I'm on the original iPhone <laughs> trying to get on <laughs> Google to watch a YouTube video in 2009 about how to read a metric micrometer, which this damn screen's so blurry, you can't see the lines anyway. <laughs> 10U720. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, I'm losing my mind on this. I called Brandon. I'm like, listen, I need a favor. I need you to go into the textbook and read me how to read a metric micrometer. He's like, what? I'm like, just do it. So he read to me over the phone for like 45 minutes about how to like what, you know, each graduation is 0.2 millimeter, 0.2 of a millimeter or whatever. I don't remember anymore. That was the last time I read a metric micrometer. <laughs> I just do the conversion now to, to standard. So, um, so the next day was the competition and I had to, it was another wiring harness issue. I had to name and identify every single part inside of a Harley Davidson V-Rod. Um, it was truing a wheel, a spoked wheel for a motorcycle. Um, God, what else was there? Various electrical tests with a multimeter, which I'm like, this is, this is a con. Are you serious? You know? And the big test that they gave you two hours to do was you had to completely strip down a Harley Davidson cylinder head. They took the shims from you, threw them in a box made you measure it out, you know, valve stem height to right. rod clearance and figure out what it needed and then go over and get the valve shims and place them in, set the head up and everything. You had two hours to do this. So this is where I'm going to sound like I'm full of myself, but I'm going to tell you that if I could do this, anybody can do this. So I went through this course and I finished everything and it was my turn to be rotated into this cylinder head thing. And uh, it was just, I mean, they, they took this seriously. You had a Harley-Davidson master tech, and I'm giving air quotes for the people who are listening to this, not watching it. <laughs> and he was really nice, sitting across the table about as far as we are, and I had the stupid cylinder head here, and I'm stripping the thing apart. And I built, I can't tell you how many cylinder heads I'd built at this point. My, like I said, my teacher built and raced drag bikes. This was a very common occurrence for us. <laughs> I just didn't work in metric, you know. So we, I strip this thing bare, and I'm looking through it. I measure everything. I write it down, put it back together, and I check it for clearance. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. And he's just like, he, we're talking the whole time. And he's like, dude, I'm like what? He's like, it's been 25 minutes. You have two hours. I'm like. I don't need two hours. I was like, do you want me to take it apart again? He's like, do you really think it's done right? And I'm like, put my Taylor gauge out. Like, yeah, it's, it's done right. And he's like, how? But I don't. I'm like, it's how do you need two hours to do a cylinder head? He's like, well, the, the flat rate book calls for three. <laughs> well, you're overcharging somebody. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell this you. This explains a lot. Yeah, you know? So, um, so I went through that and, you know, all the judges were really nice. I will say that it, I had a good experience with that. I met a lot of good people. Uh, they weren't allowed to have my name and I wasn't allowed to have their name. So it was kind of pointless, but yeah. you know, it, whatever. So, the next day, they have this huge auditorium 
I mean, there's thousands of people in this, this auditorium. It's like the first generation of web streaming is out, so my family back home could watch the square pixels on the screen. <laughs> and like, I think that's so-and-so, you know, that blob right there? Yeah, that's my boy. But they didn't tell you if you won or not, and I was under the impression that they did. So no one said anything to me. I might be getting ahead of myself where the story goes, but so I'm sitting in the audience talking to some of my friends who came from high school too. And we're just bullshitting and joking around. And they did motorcycle repair. And they're like, oh, that's what you competed in. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't win. Like, they would have they would have told me. I don't care. You know? <laughs> so, by the way, I'm on, like, the second tier of the auditor of this uh, amphitheater, whatever it is. And uh, the stage is, like, really far down. <laughs> just, to, just to set the scene here. So they're... Uh, they call out the bronze medal, everybody claps, and then the silver, everybody claps, and then they call the gold medal from Pennsylvania, and I'm like, huh? No way. And they're like, Bucks County, and I'm like, who the hell else came out here? <laughs> Jason works a lot, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's me. The sprint is on. Yeah. And everybody's like, that's you, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> they're like, get down there. I'm like, how? I'm going to have a parachute. <laughs> I like jump up and I'm trying to figure out where the hell I'm going. And they call my name again and I'm yelling. I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm coming, I swear. <laughs> you know? And uh, I got my medal on the stage and uh, <laughs> I called my teacher. <laughs> he actually answered this time. <laughs> He's like, oh, I saw you called yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I won. No thanks to you. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean you won? I'm like, I won. He's like, what'd you win? I'm like, I don't know. It. He's like, a medal. Yeah. He's like, what? I'm like, I got the gold medal. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, I, I won the gold medal. He's like, I go to this stupid competition every year with somebody, and nobody has ever won. He's like, and then you go. And I'm like, you forced me to. And he's like, yeah, I send you, and you go, and I can't make it, and you freaking win? <laughs> like, you're welcome. And he's like, well, what'd you win? I'm like, I don't know. We'll find that out <laughs> later, I guess. So um, I won a Snap-on Classic 60 toolbox. Um, and they gave you the basic hand tool set. Is that the one you had here? No, I actually bought that one. Oh. No, I, I sort of bought that one. Let's, I'll get into that at some point. Um, I won 15 or 1,600 hours to Carhartt for, to buy whatever I wanted which was really cool. I actually still have some of them jackets. <laughs> it's like, dude, what the hell? Your jacket's like a hundred bucks. <laughs> I'll take 15. <laughs> right? So I got everybody in my family, a Carhartt jacket pretty much. And I think most of them still have it. Um, I got that. But uh, the coolest thing was I got an $85,000 scholarship to UTI. Really? Which is a $45,000 program. <laughs> so they were just going for the score. You go yeah, twice. They were going for the big D award here. And like, oh, the Lincoln Tech gave you thirty grand. That's cute. Here's ninety, you know, or eighty-five. Cost me nineteen thousand, nineteen thousand five hundred twenty-eight dollars nineteen cents to go to Lincoln Tech. Hey, it didn't cost me a dime. That really pissed them off too. Technically, it didn't cost me a dime either, yeah. but that's what it would have cost if I paid. Right. So, um, so yeah, I got that scholarship out of it, and uh, I remember the people like interviewing me after, like, "Are you going to take that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I was the worst winner you could ever be. Because I'm still like, look, I got to get back to work. Yeah, I still got a minimum wage yeah, job. I got a minimum wage job I got to get to. Like, But to me, that was important. It wasn't yeah. about how much I got paid. It was I had a job I signed up for that I actually cared to like do as good as I could for this company. 
at the time. <laughs> and um, they're like, well, are you going to go to school? And I'm like, maybe. We'll see, you know. So I actually took four or five months of, of just I worked the whole time. And, and UTI ended up calling me. And I had a scholarship to UTI, ATC, I think Lincoln Tech, Wyo Tech. And my biggest thing was I like, think they're all the same anymore, to be honest. Yeah, really. they really pretty much are. And uh, I was like, well, I don't really want to travel because i got to keep working. So, well, I'll just pick whatever one's closest that gave me a full ride because I'm not paying for this crap. Excuse me. <clears throat> which was so it ended up being uh, Universal Technical Institute, and they're in Exton, PA, which was a 40-minute drive for me, so I could still commute to school and go to work, which proved to be a pain in the ass. And uh, by the way, I drove a Dodge Dakota that was lifted on 33s, so I drove uh, 60 miles one way and got four miles of the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> seeing a trend here about how smart I am. But uh, so I, I went to UTI and I signed up. Well, they signed me up for everything, which would have been their automotive, their diesel, and they had either a Toyota or a Ford specialty class I could pick and in their hot rod program. So uh, I signed up for, to or for the automotive, the diesel, the hot rod I had to, and then I picked the Toyota because I figured, why not? <laughs> <laughs> really, the question kind of went like this. Which one's quicker? Yeah. And they said uh, Ford's a week longer. I said, I'll take Toyota. So um, <clears throat> I went in. I sat my first day in basic engines, and they started telling us about what antifreeze is. Yeah, and, that's uh, about the way I was yeah, in college. Uh -huh. You know, I wasn't trying to be a smart ass. Yeah. Started, when I said that. You know, like, antifreeze is the stuff that you put in the radiator. And I'm like, I got to stay awake for this crap? Are you serious? And I'm like, it's like you said. I'm not Looks trying like to be Looks like Kool-Aid. Can I drink it? Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. Okay. Lesson learned. When the so, kid next to you is taking notes for I know. Place, see, you that know? really did happen. He's like, this is going to be on the test. And I'm like, oh, well, well all right. It's also in the radiator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you were paying attention, you know. So, uh, the, that was a really important day in class because halfway through that class, someone raised their hand and they're like, can I test out of this? And I'm like, yes, can I? And they're like, well, yeah, if you know the core classes, Man, you're I should have asked that question. Yeah, you should have. They're like, if you, if you think that you can test out of the core classes, like you have that option. And, uh, I'm like, score, where do I go for that? <laughs> and they're like, you got to go see the guidance person assigned to you. And I'm like, who the hell's that? <laughs> Like, we'll take the first letter of your last name. And I'm like, okay, a lot, A. Um, so uh, who is this person? Like, okay, this is who you got to go see. All right. So I go down and see this magic person who's going to save me a bunch of time. And uh, I'm like, I want to test out of some classes. And the guy's like, okay, which one? And I'm like, classes. He's like, well, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I want to test out of multiple classes. And he's like, well, which ones? I'm like, which ones can I test out of? And he gives me the list. And I'm like, all right. He's like, which ones? I'm like, all of them. <laughs> you know, it's like basic engines. It was the, all of the hot rod classes, which apparently I found out you can't do that anymore. It was uh, standard transmission. It was suspension and undercarriage, driveline. Just like. Okay, I got to jump in here and tell you <laughs> yeah. one really quick story when I was in college. So we were in diesel engines class. I had this teacher. His name was Mr. Gillenwater. Okay. And he was. This is a guy. You remember I said I, I taught them something? Yeah. I taught this guy something. <laughs> this guy. Walking on the board. This guy never overhauled an engine in his life and made it more than 10,000 miles, and he's teaching us how to build it. Okay. Excellent job. Oh, let me tell you. This guy was a jewel. <laughs> you leave the plastic agent. So, 
he was going on on one day about how diesel engines don't a diesel engine is nothing more than a big heat pump which he's right a diesel engine is a big heat pump well, it's more or less an air pump but okay go ahead okay so you just go with me yeah just, I'll, sorry i'm trying be, i don't want to teach don't you be go all gillen water on me <laughs> just stick with me so we had our diesel engines test uh-huh there's a hundred questions that's a lot of questions i answered every question with heat <laughs> every question i answered heat I get, the t- I get the test back, and it gives me like a two out of a hundred. Oh, well, I'm fit to be tied. Let's go do this. <laughs> so he, go- he goes, and of course, the like, for example, the question was, how does an engine produce oil pressure? The proper answer would be the clearances between the cam and cam journals and the rods and mains, you know, yeah. restriction to flow. There you go. Me. Okay. Well, I answered heat. He goes, tell me how heat makes that. I said, well. To have restriction, you gotta have flow. To have flow, you gotta have a pump. To have a pump, you gotta have something to turn it. To get turned, you gotta have a crankshaft. To get your crankshaft to turn, you gotta have a piston. You need heat on top of it. So without heat, none of that happens. So you gotta have heat. <laughs> did he take it? Reluctantly, but he did. <laughs> that was that was my favorite thing. Side note about UTI is that you could argue. Your oh point. yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, argued. You so. could argue your point on these questions. Yeah, I forgot. I just remember the oil pressure yeah. one. I forgot some of the other ones. Oh, I, every God. every question was heat. You I know, had one of them in, in hydraulics. You know, like uh, how does um, how does an, an engine or how's an exhaust or an engine intake or whatever? You know, and I answered heat. Well, how, how does heat have anything to do with that? Well, it can't suck the air in. If the piston's not moving, the piston has to have heat to move. <laughs> yeah, or it's starter. But anyway, I, yeah, I had one just like that, and it'll, it'll stick with me till the day I die. The question on a test was, can a return line stop a hydraulic system, or can a return line affect the speed in which a hydraulic system operates? Well, of course. Yeah. I said yes, and apparently I was wrong. No, that's... And they uh, they went over every question, and then at the end of the test, they went over the questions and correct answers, and then they gave you a chance to rebuttal that question. And everybody in that classroom raised their hand about this one, and they gave some stupid-ass reason as to why, and the teacher's like, no, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, really? Because if, if one person could dispute this, everybody who got it wrong got it right. So I'm like, really? Like, am I going to have... All right, fine. I'm, I'm not a social person, but Okay. I That's where we hand. did for a little bit. Yeah, I raise my hand and I'm like, "If you take the effing line out, does it still flow?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "Bingo." <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting in class, and uh, I'm still good friends with him today. Aaron Crouch, my roommate oh, from yeah. college, he was sitting there next to me, and I told him what I was going to do. I'm like, "I'm answering everyone heat." <laughs> He's like, "You're crazy." I'm like, "I'm doing it. Everyone of heat." I'm. And anybody who doesn't actually know you. <laughs> would think you're nuts but everybody who does know you'd be like yeah that's my yeah. so i remember him looking over like halfway through and i'm over heat 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 you know i'm just I'm like, at some point i'm not even reading the questions i mean i'm just committed to heat and uh, we get our test back and aaron's got like a 98 out of 100 i got two out of 100 he's like i, I told you that was a bad decision i said oh this ain't over with yet you don't know me very well do you you want to know a funny story about mr gillenwater right after that class he got fired <laughs> I wonder why. It wasn't anything to do with me. We had this really good-looking guidance counselor. Oh, God. And uh, this, made, is, this, is, how, this is how stupid this or guy she, is. She was in heat. So we were – one of the, the – so stupid, we were – it was a B-92 Detroit. Okay. Uh, that was one of the – we had, had a little too much heat. It ran away on him. Right. Ooh. Whenever it ran away on him, it blew the oil pressure line off the side, mm-hmm. and it covered his white lab coat. 
Well, he walked out front again in the lab company and told the guidance counselor, go look, I got lubed. <laughs> and she filed a complaint on him and he got fired. The one person. The, one the person, HR department. The HR department. Oh, my God. So, no, sorry, if Mr. Gillenwater watches this or listens to this, <laughs> somehow, miraculously, he will remember these stories. He will these, be, he'll be heated. Yeah, he'll be heated. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I still think about that today whenever I work on a diesel engine <laughs> is heat. I, I just, it's one of those things that's always stuck in me. I know that, I'm going to take advantage of that. It don't matter what happens in that engine, it's, it's heat, heat's right. responsible. So, going back full circle, um, so I'm sitting down with this guidance person, I guess, and uh, they're like, you can't test out all these classes. And I'm like, you just, you gave me the list and told me that these are the classes I could test out of. And we, we went back and forth. And I've, I've really figured it out. They don't want you to test out of the classes because when you test out of a class, the way they structure it is each class costs like $1,475. If you fail this class, you get one free retake for your entire time there. And if you fail again, you have to pay the $1,475 to retake that class. Well, I'm on a scholarship. And when I said that, all of a sudden, no one cared. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you think you're smart? Here you go. And we'll I'm like, help you study. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't think I'm smart. I just don't feel like sitting through basic engines, you know? So he's like, all right, well, you have to test out on your own time. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work. I got to go straight to work after here. He's like, well, you can come in tomorrow on your lunch break. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I come in on my lunch break the next day. And he gives me this packet of questions, of tests. And uh, he's like, good luck. And he just sits back at his desk. And I'm going through there. I'm reading the question. You know. Heat, heat. Yeah, basically, yeah. No, it wasn't even that. It was like technician A says yeah. this, technician B says this. Why is technician C retarded? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, so it was all multiple choice, and I hand them back to the guy, and and he's like, all right, like I'll call you tomorrow and let you know. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I go back to basic engines and probably learn about oil and viscosity or something like that. And I get called down to the guidance uh, class or counselor the next day and I'm like alright like you're gonna tell me what ones I tested out of and I'm sitting there and then like the, the, one, the whatever the hell they called them the principal's there or something Yeah. and they're like uh, sit down and I'm like well this is kind of weird did I graduate like what the hell's going on you know and they're like you cheated I'm like <laughs> I beg your pardon <laughs> and they're like you had to cheat and I'm like how he was sitting there what Watching. gives you that idea and they're like there is no way that somebody could walk into this school and get these questions completely right. Now I'm like, so I passed? And they're like, you cheated, so you're going to be disqualified. And I'm like, I didn't cheat. And like, there's no way. And I'm like, explain to me how there's no way. I won a scholarship to be here by turning wrenches. Like, and you'd think that I couldn't do basic engines? Like, really? And they're like, Okay, well, that's kind of a point. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the other tests because there's an A test and a B test. And we're going to make you sit with an instructor. And I'm like, okay, can I do it now? And they're like, no, you got to come back. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, can fine. I charge you for my time? Exactly. So now I think this was a Monday in the beginning. So now we're at like Thursday. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll be in tomorrow. And they're like, well, we're going to be away. I'm like, I'll be in Monday. So I go in, and I remember this is a Monday, and I had to sit down, and it was the basic engines instructor. <laughs> He's like, so you think you're smart, huh? And I'm like, I'm just trying to not nope, be. No, you're just smart just, enough to get out of here. Yeah, I was like, I'm just trying to not be here that long. He's like, it's a wise decision. I'm like, see? So they gave me the test in front of him, and like I passed him again, and they let me test out of these classes. And then um, they got – really peeved off when I tested out of the hot rod classes because they were very proud of these classes. <laughs> and uh, I probably should have mentioned I was building race cars at this point. I graduated out of four-wheelers and started building race cars. 
And uh, me and my father were actually building the ECU for my first race car, like from scratch. You sent away for this kit. Which your father has a computer back there. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, uh, I can show you a picture of that computer, actually. So we did, that was like the father-son project. People do like the wooden derby cars or whatever, and me and my dad built a com- computer to run a race car. <laughs> so that was my, that's my life. And uh, so, like, the hot rod courses and everything, like, I knew all this. I knew how to spec a turbo. I knew compressor maps. I knew camshafts. I knew a lot of that I knew from building drag bikes in high school. So I tested out of all that. <laughs> So basically, I ended up taking a 28-month program in eight months, <laughs> and they were not happy. Um, but that was basically the most eventful part of it. I but did up, you also find the same as I did, is you gained more experience in the real world with real-world problems? I did, yes. You learned more doing that than what you ever could have in school? Um, I'll say I did, but I will credit UTI to some things that I didn't know at all, like hydraulics. See the only the only thing I can credit Lincoln Tech to is wasting my time. Yeah, they definitely wasted a lot of my time too. I I mean I got a I, man that sounds bad and I say it out loud. I got a diploma from there, and I don't regret going there because if I didn't go there, I'd always wonder what. Right. But I will have to say, after going there and graduating, I remember graduating extremely disappointed that I didn't learn something. I remember graduating and almost being embarrassed. I yeah. mean, and I don't want like, I'm not trying to talk down on the school. If, if you truly want to be a mechanic and you don't know or have the means but to not, know. This may be a whole other podcast, yeah. but if somebody comes up to me today and says, I want to be a mechanic, the first thing I'm going to tell them is find a dealership and take every piece of training they'll provide. Yep. Because I went to work for Mack Trucks. <clears throat> And Mack Truck sent me, sent me to a lot of schools and a lot of trainings. Right, on their dime. On their dime. Right. And they challenged me. They were hard. They were difficult. And I learned a lot. Yeah. And I'd say they're not all like that anymore. A lot of these seminars they send you to are a joke. Well, but the, it's the still ones on I their went, dime. It was so. still on their dime. It was also <laughs> either the latest and greatest or stuff that hasn't even hit the market yet whenever right. you're in college the newest stuff we had at school whenever i was there was six or seven years old i will say that good about uti as well everything was new yeah but i will I say was... to a, a con point of that is that they didn't have anything old yeah so my stuff we i, I think 20 years ago they had uh we had a bunch of n14 cummins and right as i was leaving they got their first red top their signature 600 you know right see i had ISX Cummins, we worked on C15 Cats, yeah. and we were using Cummins Insight on the computer, shutting yeah. down cylinders and everything, and I'm like, this is we great. Didn't, we didn't have an electronic engine. Yeah, I'm like, this is wonderful, but when the hell do these things break? They're brand freaking new, you know? Yeah, so, so that, that that's my that's my advice for a guy, because from an employer standpoint, if I'm mm-hmm. going to hire a mechanic, I don't really care if you went to Lincoln Tech, to be honest with you. I want to know what real-life experience you got. Because, yeah, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm going to go for. So, now, again, I don't want my doctor to have that. You right. know what I mean? It, it, and I will say it a credit to the schools. I know I graduated with a lot of people, and I went to school with a lot of people who are really good mechanics, and they did not have a background before well, they walked into that, the that's school. Well, that's a good point as well. They are few and far between, though. That, that's a few, you know, somebody that comes in completely green. You know, you and yeah. I both went in there with some. Uh, UTI pumped out 430 or something kids in my class, and I will say out of the 430, I would probably consider hiring seven of them, one of them being yeah. myself. Um, 
and I still talk to some of these people, and they're doing well for themselves. And like I said, a lot like a good friend of mine, his name was Joe. We actually uh, carpooled, and he worked for UPS before this as a truck driver. Had no idea on anything besides checking oil and doing basic driver PM. And he last I talked to him was probably two years ago. He was working for Crown Four Trucks, and he was doing very well for himself. Yeah. But uh, I will say that I learned. Automatic transmissions. I learned. That's the one class I didn't get to take in college. I wanted to because you had to choose automotive or diesel. And it was only in one of them. And I chose diesel. Okay. And trucks back then didn't have automatic transmissions. Right. I'm like, I, I asked, like, can I go take that one? And they wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. See, that was one of the core classes that you were not able to test out of was automatic transmissions. And yeah. I wouldn't have probably, I wouldn't have tried to test it. It's not like uh, I, that's one class I never got. I wish I would have. Yeah. It's not like I like, got this packet of. of classes and I just test out of law because I'm a genius no it was I got this packet of classes and I was like I know this stuff yeah. I'm gonna test out of it all because I know it all so I don't want to come off like I'm arrogant but um so I took auto, automatic transmissions was a phenomenal class there uh their hydraulic classes were actually great but I credit that more to the teacher less mm. of the curriculum because he had a lot of real world experience and he and a lot all these teachers at UTI at least they were all in that field uh, they, that's how they were hired from. So they're decent teachers, and they're all they're all good teachers. I didn't have any bad teachers there. Um, all of the electrical classes, I credit them to knowing what I know now. I, I am very comfortable diagnosing electrical problems, and I would say a lot of that came from UTI. See, all mine came from Mac. Yeah. So I, I will say the UTI was good. I went on. I graduated with a 4.0, and I actually graduated valedictorian, which I still don't think holds any. I graduated value. with a 3.9999999. There you go. My very last class was advanced <laughs> automotive electronics. Got a 3.9 instead of 4.0. Why didn't mess that one up? Did you put heat down? No, I left heat out that one. Okay. So. Uh, All right. So now you graduated college. Where are we off to? Uh, I turned down stupidly a job with. Navistar International. They wanted to send me overseas as a uh, contractor, which I still don't necessarily regret turning that down because I asked a lot of questions like, how am I going to be protected? Uh, can I have a firearm to protect myself? And these were all no. And, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And they're like, well, we'll pay you a quarter million dollars a year. You only got to work six months. And I'm like, that sounds way too good to be true. My dad told me something about that before. <laughs> so I turned that down. And then uh, I got a job offer from Giles and Ransom Caterpillar, and I turned them down. And I turned them down because uh, my neighbor was telling me that he was getting me into the job that I actually work at now, which I still at this point can't tell you what it is, but I will tell you that I work for a in the transportation industry for a government entity. I think that's fair. Uh, you can use your imagination. It'll get you on track. Which is a very, um, very good job. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I'm not going to say it. I walked in or I fell into it or anything like that. I did have to work pretty hard to get to the job I am now. But that didn't work out right out of uh, college, so I went and worked for the largest concrete company on the East Coast, and that was miserable. Um, they worked us to the bone, uh, literally. <laughs> I ruined my back there, got no medical compensation or anything like that, and I uh, did that for two and a half years, and I learned a lot, just like you said. Real-world experiences came out of that job, and they were very real-world, and they were very educational, and I went to a lot of training through them, 
Yep. Um, a lot of the certifications that I got in UTI and held uh, helped them and benefited them. Did you ever get any of the uh, ASC certifications? I was an ASC master tech. Yeah, I was too. That never did me any good, though. No, I'd let them expire because I didn't care. Yeah. But I, you know where that did? Actually, this is going off in the woods again. That, you know where that came in handy? Really? My mom, and I know you're a Chevy fan. My mom has a 2010 Camaro, and she got it in 2010. And she brought it back. For so her. you're trying to say she bought it new? Yeah. <laughs> it was the first year of the Camaro. That's what I meant to say. All right. So it's the first generation of this new, or the first year of this new generation. So you know it's going to have bugs and shit stuff. Um, so she bought it. She got a free oil change. You know, her first oil change was free, which who would you think? You know? So she brought it back to the dealership. And I remember they called her and they said, hey, we did your oil change, but we noticed that you need your throttle body cleaned. And my mom's like, what's that mean? And they're like, oh, you know, I gave her the whole nine yards, and they told her it was going to be like 350 bucks or something like that. And she's like, let me talk to my son first. So she, like, calls me real quick, and she's like, yeah, I, I dropped the Camaro off. They're telling me that I need my throttle body cleaned. And I'm like, no. It had 6,000 miles on it, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, this is going to be a problem if that's the case. Uh, yeah. So she's like, well, he was pretty persistent about it. I said, all right, do you remember his name? And she gave me Joe Schmo, you know his name. I'm like, okay. So I called the dealership, uh, XYZ dealer, and I talked to Joe Schmo. And I said, hey, uh, this is uh, Jason works a lot. Mama works a lot, has her Camaro there. What the what, What's going on with it? And he's like, oh, hi, you know, like I just, yeah, it needs a throttle body clean. And I said, okay, uh, why does it need a throttle body clean? Well, you know, uh, my technician, he's an ASC certified. And I said, okay, great. Why does it need the throttle body clean? And he's like, well, he noticed that it needs some work. And I said, oh, Joe Schmo, this car came in for an oil change, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, what was the last time you put oil in an engine through the throttle body? <laughs> and he's like, well, it's, it's a procedure. I said, no, 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 no. It's a free oil change at 6,000 miles. I said, so let's, you know what? I'll tell you what. Let's go in depth on this. I said, so you're going to tell me that this engine has a disgustingly dirty throttle body. You need to physically remove said throttle body and clean it because that's what they want. I can only imagine that's what you want to charge me almost $400 for it because you're not just going to spray an aerosol can in there and clean it right because it's not already clean right. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's dirty. You know, he's, a, uh, he's an ASC. So I'm like, listen, I'm an ASC certified master tech. I don't care. So if this throttle body is so disgustingly dirty, then I'm going to need to talk to your manager and his manager. And we're going to get GM on the phone because we're putting a new engine in this car. And he's like, well, why would you do that? I said, because what, what did this engine ingest? I, ingest is a word that means what did this suck up and put inside of it, Joe Schmo. You know, I'm going to show you my ASC certification here. Technician A says this engine is due. <laughs> you know, I'm going off on this guy. It's not going to be technician B. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it, that, was, it was heat, Jason. Yeah. It was heat. Yeah. A lot of heat is going to be created with all the yeah. crap that you're it's saying. It's the soot from the heat. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I am ripping into this guy. And he's like, you know what? Maybe we'll just do this one on the house. I said, you know what? Why don't you just park it in the lot? Call me mom. Tell her it's done. You know? And uh, so we stopped going to at the dealership XYZ. <laughs> Oh, but I that's the going. only time my ASE certifications came in handy. I mean, it was a good, um, it was a good program. I think in certain places it did mean something, but it just—I never was in a position where it did much for me. You know, it's it's strictly geared towards dealerships. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's that's what it is. And it, it, it was kind of more of a status symbol than it was a qualification. I, I, 
Uh, I had a guy tell me, um, and I, I do believe that this is pretty accurate. It's a sticker on the wall. Yeah. You know, no one knows what it means. Hell, even the organization doesn't quite know what it means. Yeah. Because you can't ask a 25, 25 questions to somebody and tell them that they are qualified in this field. But so now we got now we know how you got to where you're at today. You left out one important part. Yeah. How did you get into the YouTube world? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, I think it looked entertaining. I had just gotten out of a very uh, cancerous relationship in my life and decided I wanted to try something new. And I, I've been talking about potentially trying to start a YouTube channel for a while. And it was like how Jenna laughed at you. Yeah. I got that too, but then I also got this as a very jealous type person. Just don't do it. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I, you know, this is one of the things, and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna try something new. And uh, I was actually dating uh, wifey at the time, and she was like, I think you should try it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. And then I realized, kind of like uh, for the people that listening or watching this don't know, is that we started off six or seven times with this. Like, nah, this is a bad take. Yeah, this is bad. I didn't like the sound of my voice on camera. Um, and this is, yeah, this is where the Russian thing came from, that if you look at my channel on YouTube, the old videos, I had a fake you got to give us a little joke. you got to give us a little Russian. Yeah, I can get there eventually. And um, so I, I figured out this Russian accent because I actually did a lot of on-the-job training with a friend of mine now at the at Job Z that I have. Um, and he is he's from Russia, came over on the boat, and, uh, and it just – by training him for like six months, I mean, it just wore off. Yeah. You know, so he'd be like, oh, you know, what do I have to do to uh, the back? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you got it. And I started like saying it back to him. And he's, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to offend you. He's like, offend me. That was great. You know, you have to keep doing it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, so I tried it. And he's like, I was like, well, how do you think it's coming? He's like, you got to really roll your R's. You know, that's where you get the authenticity from. And I'm like, okay. So I started doing that. And, and I mean, we'd have fun with it. I used to go to like, uh, we'd go out to dinner or something like that. And I would order in Russian. <laughs> it's hysterical. But um, yeah, the the biggest thing that I never realized with YouTube is that doing it for an extended period of time, that voice kills my throat. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember it's going. It's hard there. to, you know, with the way we do YouTube, it's it's just us. It's just how yeah. stuff that happens. Well, you had to get into character. Right. And a lot of people thought it was stupid. Um, a lot, and I can't blame them yeah and i at the end i thought it was stupid too uh, a lot of people it was very it was strange to do it in public you know yeah I mean, one of the businesses that it's I already had, awkward enough to walk around you know holding the camera yeah and a, a lot of people i don't think quite realize that until they try to do it yeah um it, you feel awkward just holding the camera especially and, starting off because nobody knows you or knows what you're doing and you're yeah. just awkward yourself about it as it goes on a little bit and people yeah, I mean, like, you, we were talking earlier off camera. Just shove the camera in anybody's face now. Yeah, now I'm like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Now, I care less. But, um, and I actually had a, a conversation with that, uh, about that with Ed from Full Tilt Grading not long ago. Telling him, I'm like, you'll get over it eventually. You, yeah. just, you just deal with it. Um, it's still, it, I mean, I've been doing it for two years, and it's still a little bit, like, around my hometown, like, everybody yeah. kind of knows I'm doing it, and they just, they just, you know, like, yeah. there's an idiot on YouTube again. I go, like, out of my comfort zone a little bit. I still get right. a little bit paranoid about it, but it's not not as bad. I'm a little more confident. Yeah, and I, I generally don't care what many people think. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, but, uh, yeah, let me tell you, that's a, that's a whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, to back up real quick, I mean, um, a lot of, uh, like, I can't film anything at work, obviously, I'm, 
I signed a contract saying I wouldn't. And in the very early videos, I had mentioned where I worked because I didn't think it was a big deal. And I actually got a nice little angry letter from HR telling me not to do that ever again and this, that, and the other thing. So that's why I can't tell anybody where I work right now. But in the near future, I'll be able to tell people because I don't work there anymore. So you started YouTube about six months before I did? Roughly, yeah. And our YouTube paths are diversely different. Yeah, yeah. And what I've got out of YouTube and what you've got out of YouTube are two completely different things. Yeah, I would say so. So I guess elaborate a little bit on what you've got out of YouTube and your experience with it because it's quite a bit different than mine. Um, well, I guess to get into that, i got to kind of cover what my YouTube channel originally was about, which was, I mean, I, I my name, my channel name is Jason Works A Lot because I work a lot. I mean, uh, 75 hours a week is normal. And, and honestly, seven, at this point in time, 75 hours a week is kind of slow. But uh, so I worked full time and then I had three businesses I was running, uh, which, you know, I, it's kind of like how you said, I, I want to be my own boss. I haven't been able to make that leap into it yet because I've always had this other job, which takes a lot of my time and effort. And it also pays me pretty well. It's a pretty good job. Yeah. So it's hard to say no to. Uh, when they're like, hey, do you want to work overtime on Saturday night? And I'm like, well, I was going to go, you know, put it above ground pool in for $800. And then I'm like, oh, I can make twice that by just going in. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on Saturday. <laughs> you know, did Joe Schmo too? Sorry, I can't make it, you know. So that was that. And I used a lot of the equipment that I acquired. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's a smaller scale and it's all used and abused pretty well. But my reasoning behind it uh, was I was doing work to the house, and I needed to either do, I needed to pay somebody to do this work, or I could instead of like the trees, for example, I had a three estimates come out, and the lowest estimate I think was eighty five thousand dollars. I bought that mini excavator for ten grand. Yeah. You know, I bought a chainsaw for nine hundred dollars. I'm under eleven thousand dollars into this thing, and I did the entire thing. Myself. And you still have the asset. Yeah, and I still I own that. You know, I I, I own that mini excavator. If I ever need to get a, a little bit of money real quick I can sell it or I can just keep using it whatever but uh back to what came out of YouTube for me is I met a lot of really really cool people um we're you know I, at some point we'll probably get into it but we've got I a, mean YouTube is most likely probably going to change your lifestyle and your career path yeah and it's it's already started you know uh, the, I met Elite Earthworks was my first friend through YouTube and uh, Brandon Brandon yeah and with Brandon he and I went to Paul Bunyan and we met Wade and, you got you uh, got to just tell everybody at the time you met Wade he had about 35,000 subscribers I had 72 he had 72 and you I remember you and Brandon talking about this how you were absolutely a nervous wreck like you seen this big oh celebrity. my god I scream my wife will tell you the story better than I will uh, and uh, at some point I'll get her to tell for some story. reason every time somebody approaches me yeah, I, I always think about that. Like, are they like Jason? Are they afraid to come see yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. um, but before even that, uh, the Jimmy to the top. Oh, crane. to the top crane. Yeah. yeah, he was over. He came out to visit Wade, and they did a live feed, and I was commenting back and forth. Yeah. And I guess Jimmy told Wade about my channel, and he went on and, and left a comment on one of my first videos, and he subscribed to me. And I remember laying in bed. Seeing the subscription, I have a screenshot of it somewhere. Of Logger Wade is subscribed to you. I had like seven <laughs> subscribers. Okay, I screamed like a little girl, and 
Ashton's like, what, what? And I'm like, look, Lagerwaves subscribed to me. And like I sent the screenshot to Brandon and he sends it back to me. He's got one too. And he's like, this is awesome. Oh yeah. I'll tell you, it was like, cause at that point. Like you hit the YouTube lottery yeah, or something. Yeah, he was a celebrity at that point, you know? And then two months later I had an opportunity to go meet him and, and he was like nonstop people coming up to him and talking to him. And I'm like, I, just, I don't want to bother him, you know? I just, I don't want to bother him or anything like that. And, and finally we're standing there like a bunch of idiots long enough. And I'm like, yeah, screw it. I grabbed my camera and shoved it right in his face. <laughs> it was always so weird to me. I was telling Junior from SLT Metalworks this one time. Like before I really got big into the YouTube stuff, uh -huh. like people were like, oh my God, you know Logger Wade? And I'm like, yeah, he's my neighbor. Because you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know him as Logger Wade. I just knew him as Wade. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, now that I'm in the YouTube world, I understand it a little bit more. Yeah, but it's, it's like... I mean, I'm like, I look I'm at like, it. I'm like, what's the big deal? He's just a dude up the hill, you know? <laughs> right. And I look at it like, I mean, YouTube, in in my opinion, is it's not Hollywood because it doesn't have the politics. Yeah. However, it's uh, it's somebody that you watch essentially on TV, and it, in well, your opinion, it's or, it's real reality TV. Yeah, but I mean, it, to you, the viewer, and to me, the viewer watching Logger Wade, he's a celebrity at that point. Um. And what you don't see is like you can interact with him more and you get to almost know the guy. But walking up to somebody like that, I, I know a lot about Wade at this point because I've watched all of his videos where he tells as much as he's willing to tell about his life. Right. I know, you know, mommy or Anne. I know that's his wife. Kiddos, yeah. Yeah, I know his kids. I know his dog. I know what he does for a living. He doesn't know me from Tom, you know. So that's kind of weird in my opinion. Um, and that's why one of the things I like about Wade and I learned this from Wade, is that you answer everybody's comment. You try to get to know these people, you know? And uh, you do a good job with it, too. And uh, I know Brandon and I always have done that. You know, you, yep. you heart the comment. You comment back if you can. Eventually, it gets to be a lot. And uh, that's something I still that, do. <clears throat> I still do. I don't think I've missed a comment yet. If I have, it's I yeah. apologize. But I've, See, uh, now I won't go back to old videos. Well, if you go do, do your YouTube app, they're all right there. Perfect. Yeah, I don't do that. YouTube. Oh, you mo. We got, we need to talk. Yeah, we will eventually. You got but, so um, much to learn, child. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. <laughs> but uh, I guess my whole purpose of this um, that question is is SOT Metalworks would even be a good one to throw into this thing. Like he don't necessarily make a much of money off AdSense. No, but he <clears> has <throat> grown his business. But he, but he has grown his business substantially. Right. You don't haven't really grown your business. You don't really make much money off AdSense, but the opportunities that you've got to the people you know. Right, and are, I, I credit that all the time. I'm like, you know, even if I never make a dime, even if YouTube ends up costing me money, which realistically it has. I mean, that's why I don't have T-shirts and stuff. Everybody asks me all the time, why don't you make T-shirts? Because T-shirts cost money. Right. I'm still paying off camera debt, which I'm not. I mean, I bought all of my equipment secondhand, but I, I look at it like, well, I'm not spending any more money onto this until it accumulates X amount of dollars and I break even. And that's basically where I'm at. I bought a few stickers once, and I'll probably never do that again because I didn't sell them. I mailed them out because yeah, I, you know, I try to be nice to people who spend their time watching me. Um, and then people start demanding stuff, and then I'm like, hey, man, yeah. look, I work It goes a back to a hobby. <laughs> yeah, this a hobby. is a hobby for me. And uh, it's it's unfortunate, but that's what it comes to. I mean, I, yeah, I guess the purpose of that was is, you know, YouTube is different for everybody, so yeah. you kind of got to figure out where you plug into the equation. Oh yeah, I don't. And I don't, I don't think you ever started YouTube thinking it would be career opportunities. 
Oh, absolutely not. I never started YouTube thinking I was going to make X amount of dollars and have X opportunities. And I don't think Junior ever started YouTube thinking he was going to grow this business. With his goal in mind, he was going to grow this business. It's just kind of what. It looked like fun at the time. Yeah. And uh, I've always been interested in technology. So I was like, ah, oh, cool. You know, like. Not me. It annoys me. Well, here. I get to be your tech support. Which is you are definitely a good tech support. Yeah. But um, I would say out of YouTube that I've gotten more friendships and more opportunities but yeah it's like we said earlier the people um the people the connections the op yeah it's just uh i I would i would still be doing youtube today the same way i'm doing it right now if it cost me money if i didn't make any money off it's honestly it's it's a stress relief too it's like a little creative outlet and i would like to make more videos i'd like to reiterate this point i am extremely busy right now (laughs) i just we're trying to get the house on the market. Um, I mean, it's currently uh, end of October. Um, we're trying to do that. I've been working seven days a week for the last five weeks. I did. It's a lot going on at work. I've been, I ended up closing all the businesses down because I don't have time for them. And mm-hmm. it's just... Warranty claims on the one I, Yeah, I got warranty <laughs> claims now. We're planning to move. I mean, I think most people know now we're planning to move out here. Most people don't know why, and I don't think it's the time yet to let them know why, but that's something also that came out of YouTube, yep. and I th- that's the point that you were trying to make, too, is that it was a huge once-in-a-lifetime opportunity came my way because of YouTube, um, because I met Wade, because Wade introduced me to you, and it's just, no, talking. I'm not going to be your business, well, I'm not going to be in the excavation. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's much. one thing random is... Um, I post a lot of stuff that goes on in the excavating business, and mm-hmm. I think you can attest to this. But there is multiple different versions of what goes on in Dirt Perfect's world. <laughs> that there is. <laughs> I could have four different channels, and they'd probably even not even they think it I have four. Even, ch- wouldn't even cover a quarter. Yeah, of I could I could probably blow a few people's minds. Yeah. About where I've been and things I've done, and yeah, and. <clears throat> I mean, I wish, uh, I mean, I, I send pictures I shouldn't send about work to you guys and everything, but, like, I wish I could share what I actually do yeah. with my life. And maybe at some point in time I'll be able to go back through my phone and I can do something and show a little bit of yeah. something. Yeah, because you do, you, I know we can't talk about it a whole lot, but what you do does intrigue me because it's a, it's an industry I don't know anything about. And uh, you guys go about a lot of stuff really goofy. We do, and we have to go around a lot of regulations from a lot of really big, important department. Oh, they think they're important. A lot of really big departments, and uh, uh, we work with things that people have never seen before. And I'll tell you, and a lot of one-off equipment. Yeah, that that the I walked in as a pretty confident diesel mechanic to this stuff, looking at it like, what the hell is this, and what's it supposed to? He's like, well, it's broken, fix it. I'm like, well, what's it not doing? Well, it's not doing this. Well, what's it supposed to do? It needs heat, Jason. Yeah, it, it needs heat. Well, we had a, don't have... have a lot of heat. I showed you those. Well, you got to control the heat. That's yeah. pretty, it's pretty <laughs> it was, crucial. That was an excessive amount of heat. Pretty crucial enjoying yeah, the heat. Yeah, you ever so. seen $7 million burn up? <laughs> I have. <laughs> but um, I lost $1,000 in a pond dam once. <laughs> I cried over that. Yeah. Well, it wasn't my $7 million. It was my $1,000. I'm very sorry to hear that. Oh, that's Um, a... Yeah, so that's basically my life in a nutshell. Bringing it up to speed to 2020, I've been working around the clock as a quote-unquote essential employee. I've been trying to sell my house. We'll get my house ready to be sold, which you and and, uh, Aaron came out and helped with. And uh, we were very appreciative for that. 
and uh, the next chapter is going to be moving in with my parents for a little bit, <laughs> and then uh, purchasing some property out here, convincing you to be a general contractor again, and uh, oh man, seeing where that, you already agreed to that. You can't no takesies backsies. Is that on video? It is. is on, oh man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I should have slept more that day. Yeah, you should have. Well, well, I mean, so, I. <laughs> So hopefully, I'm assuming we're going to try to do more of these podcasts, and if anybody wants to know, um, like has a topic that they want us to cover. I think they should put it in the comments. They should definitely put it in the comment down below. They should definitely let us know what they thought about the first one. Hopefully, you learned a few things about us that you didn't know. Yeah. We've Uh, been babbling on now for almost two hours. (laughs) I uh, works a lot, talks a lot. Yeah, I'll tell you. But no, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, um, pretty much my life story in a nutshell. I mean, there's... We could we could go on different layers and different avenues forever, but that's pretty much the highlights of uh, the cliff notes. Highlights of where we ended up, where we're at. So, yeah, I think uh, we've got a couple topics on the horizon. We've got a couple people. Yeah, we, we hope to have. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a few of these get uh, longer weight. Officer Hoover, maybe Captain Kleeman on here. Yep. Cover uh, cover cover a couple different things, but uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's the wrap on the. What, what, what do we call this thing? A few points from perfect. I can't remember the. I can't remember the name. You'll remember so. it eventually. A few points from perfect. That sounds like a disaster in the making. <laughs> uh, sounds like a disaster that's already made. <laughs> I guess on this one, you don't say thanks for watching. You say thanks for listening, right? Yeah, thanks for following along. And uh, if you got any comments, concerns, questions, uh, let us know. Ideas. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. See you in the next one. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc